Welcome to the Religion and Story podcast. On this week's episode, we are continuing from our topic from last week. Last week, we talked about how Christians should think about technology today. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to talk about how Christians should think about technology tomorrow or in the future. We're going to touch on some topics that range from some current uh, technology topics that we're dealing with in our modern world but are just now developing, and we'll try to touch on some topics that we probably shouldn't expect to happen for a few hundred years, but at the same time, it's good to always think about ethics. So, uh, Daniel, you are our resident expert on all things technology, so why don't you get us started off on a topic we can think about? Yeah, I'm not sure uh, I'm an expert on technology. I do work in software took some class on that, but I usually go to Lauren for all of my IT needs. If the printer's not working, Lauren is the one that fixes it for me. Mm. Uh, that said, I did recently write a paper about the topic of transhumanism, which um, for me was the topic I was, uh, I was first introduced to in like a popular science magazine, but it's not really something you hear much about, don't discuss it very often, so I imagine it's pretty new for a lot of our listeners. Transhumanism uh, and the idea that there may someday be post-humans is this idea uh, that we can augment our bodies so much that we will eventually be something totally other from what humans are today. Now this will of course happen, um, if it does happen, in small increments. So on the horizon there is the possibility of uh, synthetic blood that would make everyone faster and stronger, um, a lot like the shoes in the movie Sandlot. Um, there is the possibility for genetic editing, that you could determine what your children will look like, what skills they may have, what even the color of their hair or um, their favorite ice cream flavor. Um, and a lot of things beyond that. Transhumanism can eventually take us to where uh, you have a body that looks essentially like a robot. There's nothing resembling humans before. You uh, you upload your brain into a computer, um, and it exists there virtually, or that brain, that virtual brain is put into a machine. So many possibilities. We don't really know where it's going. Michael, what were you thinking about that? And just so our listeners don't think that this is a new topic or something that no one has ever thought about before, uh, Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong, this thought experiment goes all the way back to what's called the, the ship of Theseus, yeah. the idea that if you sailed a boat around the world, and as you're sailing around the world, if you replace one plank, one board within the boat, and by the time you've sailed around the world, all of the different boards within that boat are different than the one that eventually took off, did the boat actually go around the world? Is it the same boat? So what is what does the permanence of an object mean? Anyway, is, yeah. that, is that kind of related? Yeah, that's a Theseus's paradox. I think that's from Plato. I could be wrong. Someone can he talk talks about it yeah. on that. Um, and yeah, and we already know there's something kind of similar uh, with the idea that our atoms are, that make up our body, the molecules that make up our body, are probably transitioned through on a seven-year cycle. That seven years from now, I will be made up of completely different material than I am now. Am I still myself? Who's to say? So let, let's start with that. What are y'all's thoughts on the implications for transhumanism, for um, for, for us in general, but specifically from a, a Christian lens, does this 
change how we think about humanity and the, the purpose of humanity? Should Christians be against transhumanism or is it something that we accept as uh, going along with our theme last week of making uh, creation better in a way? What do y'all think about that? Well, I mean, if we knew if the end result could accept Christ or not and then be baptized, we could end the podcast now, but this is uh, going to have to be a long drawn out uh, discussion you have to make sure that the robots are waterproof to begin with. If the water gets in the so, cracks. <laughs> and we could definitely pitch this idea to Netflix to make a Black Mirror episode about this. <laughs> um, and just, I don't know, that we could uh, tie it into the Christian genre at that point. Uh, and, yeah, it's good to know that transhumanism is uh, goes further than just humans that are trans. Um, just had to throw that joke in there as well. Um, no, it's really interesting to think about at, at what point does the consciousness, because that, that's really the, um, what we see described uh, a lot in Romans uh, chapter one, where, uh, you know, the law that is written on man's heart, that's really, uh, you could say that's our conscience and saying that um, we are making the choice to follow God uh, it is very uh, described uh, throughout scripture that our choices are, uh, we have that freedom of choice that we can accept Christ and follow God and uh, follow his commandments, uh, or we can choose not to do that. And so at what point during this transition do we, or uh, when do we lose it or do we ever lose that freedom of choice? Um, because, like I said, if we can uh, see a robot making a choice to uh, follow uh, Christ and be baptized, then, you know, that's leaning in that direction of the argument. Uh, are you all see seeing that my logic might be off no. anywhere here? Uh, Stephen, I, I think you're correct that at the core for Christians is free will, the freedom of conscience to choose to follow God. And as long as that ability is still there, that is what it means to be human. That's, uh, that's what separates us from the beast, that we can choose to follow God. Um, and, and so I, I think that, uh, Daniel, uh, tell me if, if I'm going off, off track here, but part of the transhumanist movement might even get, uh, for our sports fans out there, would get towards the idea of, of what does it mean to compete in a sport? You know, does... Um, is it okay for me to have steroids uh, to artificially improve my body in that way? What if, what if I had uh, razor blades for legs that, that allowed uh, me to run really fast or springs for legs, I guess is the, the example. You know, how is it that we define what it means to experience what it means to be human? And so that there's the Christian aspect to it, but then there's also sports and, and other areas of life too that ask similar questions. Daniel. Yeah, so I think that that is really important because um, I, I think that most people expect there to be some level of free will. Now, we may get more into later if artificial intelligence is somehow maybe even beyond free will, but that, that's a maybe a more heady discussion than any of us are qualified to answer. But yeah, I think you're exactly right, Michael. There are some very immediate questions we need to ask about um, the, the physicalness of humanity. Uh, 
So a practical implication is, can I compete in sports if I have these certain augmentations? Uh, I, I've heard some sympathetic cases towards um, maybe like sex changes or uh, someone who has uh, like amputee, someone who has lost a foot or a leg and has been given um, some sort of, um, um, what's the word? Uh, some sort of replacement for their feet. Prosthetic. Prosthetic, thank you. Um, but then usually pretty negative responses to the idea of like steroids. Um, and to me, all of those should be accepted or declined. And I'm, I'm inclined to decline them, to say that we, we don't want that stuff in our sports. But at the same time, uh, that's for sports. On a more spiritual level, I think we, we generally want these things. We want prosthetics and we, we want to be able to be stronger um, to be healthier if we can scientifically create that. Um, what, what do y'all think? Is there a line that shouldn't be crossed or is the line ever moving upward with our scientific reach? Well, let me address your, your sports thing. So sports for the most part have made it very clear that here we have a defined set of rules. Compete, to, compete on those with your uh, God-given abilities and um, there's a lot of gray areas on things that you can put into your body to enhance your, uh, your ability. Like just a basic example, you can only drink water. Okay, we'll let you drink Gatorade too during the course of your training. Okay, all right, so what advantage have you gotten from drinking one to the other? Um, but as far as a spiritual sense goes, well, before I finish that, uh, if you want to do, see how humans can compete with all these different enhancements that they can have to create a new sport is what my solution would be. Um, and from the spiritual level, maybe to help us escalate where we're trying to get with this, if you were a uh, cyborg from the, uh, from the neck down, so everything uh, up in your dome is still intact and your decision-making is there. So I don't think anything uh, uh, from the neck down really has uh, any part in our discussion. So would y'all agree with that? We can just kind of focus on the, the mental aspect of it. Sure. sure. Okay. Yes. I, I'm fine. I just want to clarify that we're, we're thinking that anything that, so if I had a tank for a body, but I had a human head on top, um, and really I imagine you would probably go as far as to say I could have a metal face. Um, it, it sounds like you're most inclined about the brain. The human brain is what's really important here. Um, okay. And that, that is okay. There's no spiritual qualms with that. Um, again, I, I think there's probably a slippery slope of what if I start putting microchips in there that can offload data that I don't want to have to remember. Um, but so I mean, I generally get, get where you're going with this. This is where we get into the theoretical part of it, because how can you download consciousness, store it, save it, create it, uh, um, manipulate it? Because none of that is, it's all theoretical at this point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I do want us to move on fairly quickly to another to, uh, to another topic, probably one that's closely related, but uh, actually one, one thing that has been going on for 20 years or so that I think kind of fits in this, this place, it, it's in the sports world. It's called uh, blood doping, where you take the blood out of your body 
your but your body builds up more red blood cells and then you put that blood back into your body basically to have super blood at that point and that has been declared illegal even though it's using your own body to do it so it's not just putting artificial substances into your body but even using your own body in unnatural ways has been banned in the past so just wanted to put that fun example out there um that said, we could continue to talk about this topic for 20 more minutes, I'm sure, uh, but closely related, and we've kind of hinted at this already, is the idea of artificial intelligence, or AI for short. Dana, why don't you kind of outline the topic there and some of the questions for us to think about? Yeah, so artificial intelligence has a, a very broad uh, definition, and you've probably maybe heard some other buzzwords like machine learning, and uh, there's another one closely related I can't think of right now. And so it, it can really refer to a lot of things, and we can discuss all of those things if we want. But um, one of the things I'm most interested in is, again, what Stephen was calling more of a theoretical discussion, where artificial intelligence could take it, take us. Now, there's a lot of questions about whether artificial intelligence is possible. Um, and, uh, but if it is, uh, is that something that we need to worry about? Um, so artificial intelligence has on one hand, the possibility of uploading our brains to computers. And what does that mean? Um, and the limitless space that that could possibly offer and the connections that would be made, um, with other people who've uploaded their brains. But then there's also a more apocalyptic view of, um, if there are computers who trans are, are just as smart as humans, it's probably likely that they would then exceed human intelligence. Um, and then are we afraid of something like that? Let me uh, say where the limitations on this would exist. In order to capture a dis every single decision that somebody makes and then program that, you'd have to have two things an infinite amount of people coding at all times doing what somebody's trying to do let me finish or a person being able to code and program their decisions for their the entirety of their life and neither of those are possible so you would need to come up with your closest thing just uh be a over several years, people just constantly updating programs. Because, let me just share with you, so machine learning. I took a course because uh, I work in insurance and we were trying to use machine learning to uh, better quote people's policies. So I'm like, okay, so what's all this about? And so we're taking the data that we have and running it through algorithms to try and find patterns. None of this is the machine actually learning. It's taking things that we already know and then uh, finding patterns and trends and compartmentalizing it and it's so it, it's taking the information you know and making it more useful the machine isn't actually learning so Correct. all right just want to make sure our listeners are aware of what we can actually do but it's kind of misleading in what we call it Stephen is exactly right machine learning is uh, is a misnote was it misnomenclature uh, it's not actually what it's named. The machine is not learning. However, uh, so Daniel is, is putting up this idea of, of a theoretical machine right. in the future. And this is usually what's called the singularity. Uh, the idea that there comes a point where the, ex where computers themselves or 
artificial intelligence ceases to need human input because it, it uh, you know, Stephen, you talked about infinite number of coders coding. Well, the one computer could flop so much information that it exceeds what could be done by infinite coders because it becomes that itself. Um, so, uh, it, so this is where you start getting into ideas that I would, and Daniel, disagree with me on this. I would say these disagrees, uh, sorry, these disagreements come from those who believe that the human brain is evolved. And because it's evolved, we can reprogram it. And even before we started rec uh, recording tonight, we talked about the difference between saying reprogram versus recreated. You know, there's a difference be between thinking that the, the brain was created by God or that the brain was programmed by evolution. Uh, and we don't need to get too far into this, but is it possible that the brain could be, we'll use our recreated language, is that even possible? Um, and if it is, then there's going to be robots that we need to convert, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, as I, so two things. First thing, uh, I think there's maybe a misunderstanding of how software works and, uh, and really even the current capabilities of software. Um, I think now we, even, we already have um, some software that uh, it, it learns in that it um, is able to more accurately detect patterns. It's extremely basic. Uh, so it's Bayesian in that it updates its priors with new information. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is exactly right. Uh, so it's still, I would still think lost half our audience, Stephen. So stay with us. <laughs> I think the points that y'all made are still true that uh, machine learning is a bit of a misnomer, but there is the, um, I, I'm more of a pessimist in this way. I, I think it's very possible from what I know software that it could get to a point where um, it can reproduce the human brain and that gets into the second thing i wanted to say which I, th I think out of the three of us i'm the only one here that that believes that the human brain evolved um and because of that it, it does make me more inclined to think that um i think that the brain is a completely material device a material organ it exists in the physical world um and yet i believe that there's a transcendent reality that it is privy to that the, it is greater than the sum of its parts. But because of that, I, I, I believe and am worried, um, I'm, this is probably the most pessimistic thing you'll maybe ever hear me say, uh, that it is possible that artificial intelligence could recreate what the brain essentially is and thus even go further because of the nature of artificial intelligence that would by definition go beyond that. and. Um, if that happens, I tend to go the pessimistic route rather than the optimistic route where we're uploading ourselves to computers and we have a greater intimacy with one another. I think it would probably go the bad um, direction where robots destroy the earth. Very Terminator 2 sort of stuff. Um, but I hope that y'all disagree with me and I need more people to disagree with me than agree with me and that keeps me sane. Well, the... I guess the foundation of the argument you would need to think about um, 
when we've had many discussions about this, uh, how was Adam created? Was he actually the perfect being? And what, what evidence uh, would make you think that um, the human brain has evolved? Because for me, everything that we have now is a result of what somebody has done previously. You learn to be what you've done based upon somebody else learning it before you and uh, uh, just applying new methods to it. So, uh, Stephen, I, I would agree with you. I would say that all of the information we have in our DNA, in our brain, has always been there. I'm a creationist in that way. That said, I believe that God used uh, physical processes to do all of this. So I think that it is possible uh, that man could recreate something that would mimic uh, a human brain. And the to create, to create something from nothing is to be like God. Although that's not the one thing that makes God could allow me to do that and it still wouldn't make me God. However, to create something from something that mimics the thing that was created from nothing is to be human, is to be creative, um, which is similar to God, but not the same. Um, so I, I would not cancel it out as a possibility. It's not against, you know, it doesn't make God any less for man to create a robot thing that then kills us all. So, um, replications, not creation. So just because you right. label it creativity that I don't think that we're being like God in any form or fashion. Uh, well, I mean, God tells us to be creative, uh, but we're getting into semantics here. I, we cannot create right. something from nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Daniel, I, I think that uh, this is, uh, move, what are the movies to watch on this? Like Bicentennial Man? Age uh, of Ultron. Avengers. Which one? The Age of Ultron. The, the least of all the Avenger movies, but the most uh, pertinent for this discussion. Right. There's the uh, movie, the Will Smith movie, AI. Um, I never saw that one. Or uh, iRobot. I ro oh, sorry, iRobot. AI yeah. is the Spielberg with uh, Joel Osmond, here, Joel, whatever his name is. Um, Anyways, yeah, that's a good movie. Also, uh, Sam Harris, a famous atheist, so if you can deal with that for a little bit, he has a TED Talk about artificial intelligence that's um, somewhat interesting. It's also very pessimistic, so you have to... There's a ton of Black Mirror uh, episodes that deal with AI. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... Watch it with the kids around. The, the one thing that always sticks out to me as a part of these AI, and I know we need to move on to another topic, one thing that always sticks out to me in the AI uh, entertainment uh, movies, whatever, is that the robot has like the the, the prime uh, the, the prime uh, operating order. This is the one thing it's 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 uh, programmed to do, and it's always to like protect something. It's you know to to defend, and you know if it's told to defend humans, like every you know usually it's fine, but you know it does some weird thing. But when it's told to protect the Earth that's when it starts killing humans. Uh, that's when it says, okay, y'all are bad. And I think really, um, even if the screenwriters were atheists or didn't know their Bible that well, this is, this is old Testament, um, you know, minor prophets or going, you know, going back to Noah. This is like, I have, you know, God says, I have to use uh, the Babylonians to kill y'all because you're so awful. Uh, so I think that there are biblical themes going on when humans are the ones that are destroying the world. That's very interesting. They've been influenced. They didn't even know it. 
Um, yeah, so Michael, I, uh, not to steal your thunder, I think you're sort of moving us into some of the practical implications of artificial intelligence. Uh, and a big one that we were talking about beforehand is driving. Before we fully make that transition, I do want to say for anyone who's interested in uh, discussions of artificial intelligence and is this a, a possibility? Um, we had mentioned uh, before the, um, the topic of the Turing test and anyone who's interested in this should go look that up and the implications for Turing tests and another movie about that obviously being uh, Ex Machina. Great movie. Recommend oh. for all. Or uh, the is it the imitation game? The movie about Alan Turing? The guy who makes the Turing yeah. test. Yes. Anyway, it's, it's a good biopic. So, um, so yeah, so we're uh, still sort of in the field of artificial intelligence, but a lot more today focused, practical focused. Um, our our father actually has uh, a, a Tesla, which I believe isn't that one of the features of. I wasn't going to mention you, Stephen. I didn't want to uh, make make you a, a target. A dumb thing. Yeah. Um, no, yes, I have a Tesla, and it has enhanced autopilot features. Enhanced autopilot. Uh, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe some of the potential pickles you could get yourself into with that? Well, there are, yeah, that's a hot topic that uh, you could say that the, uh, uh, the big uh, automotive industry players are trying to take down Tesla uh, and use this against them saying that uh, you can't trust a computer to drive you and uh, Tesla would come back and say well computers are better drivers than people and but uh, anytime there's a car accident they're oh it's uh, the autopilots to blame uh, obviously I probably think I'm biased because I have one and <laughs> I uh, enjoy drawing it driving it when my wife lets me it's actually her car but uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, interesting to know like whose fault is act is um, is it when one of these events happens? And the good thing about the Teslas is everything is on camera, so they can go back and see what was the, the car viewing, how did it make the decision to do what it did, and they have yet to find an accident where it was the autopilot's fault where it was just a negligent driver where uh, full self-driving is not actually legal to do. And so uh, you're supposed to remain attentive at the wheel uh, even while the autopilot is engaged. And so the majority of the accidents were because the driver was negligent. There is a camera in the cab. Uh, some Tesla drivers don't even know that. Uh, and they, I think they said that it was originally for once a, uh, the Teslas become uh, basically robot taxis. You can see who's uh, using your car and like if they vandalize it or something like that. Uh, but yeah, and so if somebody pulls out in front of you or walks in front of your car and there's no time to react, it doesn't matter if a computer is driving it or not. Uh, but there are supposedly cameras that uh, can sense these things and analyze the risk. Okay, is this person uh, seriously about to pull in front of me? All right, I'll you know ease off the you know, just implying defensive driving tactics from a computer standpoint. So it's um, really the main things you should know about where we're currently at. It's probably worth noting that some of these other car companies that are maybe giving Tesla a lot of flack are themselves trying to implement uh, self-driving cars. BMW is probably uh, one of the bigger ones in that market right now. Of course, Google right. 
um, is maybe the biggest name besides Tesla. Um, so th this obviously introduces us into uh, questions of how how do the people who program this self-driving feature um, what what is uh, what what are their concerns need to be? Um, and Michael, go ahead. Well, so what you know we referred earlier to our, our earlier problems had been discussed by Plato a long time ago. I don't know who came up with this one, but uh, I'm thinking of Michael Sandel, who goes through this issue, the issues of ethics often. And so one of the utilitarian questions is, would you kill the fat man? You know, if there was an out of control trolley that was going to kill five people going down one track, would you kill one person in order to stop that from happening? Um, inherent in, as Stephen, you, you described, described uh, you know, risk calculations. You know, if I, if I go slower here, I won't hit this guy, but it makes something else more likely to happen. So there's always trade-offs occurring. And so, Stephen, as you've said from the beginning, with computers, it's a human programmer who is telling it, this is the risk calculation you have to make. You choose this over that. You know, uh, killing a squirrel is less bad than killing a human. Okay, pretty obvious, but how, when you start getting into more ca complicated calculations, how do we, how do we understand ethics here? Right, um, it, it goes beyond uh, the engineers or the programmers saying, okay, this is a bicycle that's mounted on the back of a car versus this is a bicycle going across the street. And when we get uh, lives uh, where decisions are being made where there's much more serious ramifications. Um, and we've talked about this as each, uh, you can tweak and alter each of these decisions to make it where, oh, it's a clear choice or this one, you're either gonna kill five or you're gonna kill one. Okay, well, what if the, uh, uh, the one is a baby and the five are elderly people that are gonna die in the next hour? Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's a, uh, how do you judge the value of life? Okay, so that goes beyond what the, artific the, the artificial intelligence, you don't even need the artificial intelligence or the self-driving to even be involved to make that issue um, a difficult one to discuss. I, I even hesitate to bring this up because we're, we are filming, recording this on March 29th. We're in, you know, second or third week of COVID-19 quarantine. And there's been all sorts of conversations about, you know, is it worth it uh, to shut down the economy in order to save essentially the lives of mostly older people, right? Those are the expected lives that we're saving. And so even outside of the car context, we are constantly making decisions about, is it worth it to have this policy decision or just a private economic decision uh, in order to potentially save a fraction of a life? So th this, is, this is not some abstract idea, it's very real. Yeah. Closing cars, self-driving cars, I know we only have a few minutes yeah. left. I'm good with that. Do we have time to talk about a totally unrelated topic of the future? Um, and well, let's let's spend maybe four or five minutes um, on uh, essentially the idea of ecology 
And uh, if, you know, with what, if the world burned up or the world was no longer useful, um, is space travel something that would be ethic, uh, ethical to do? Is it something we should consider doing? And how should a Christian think about it? And if we have time, we can talk about alien life. So go ahead. Sure. I mean, well, first of all, you don't want to destroy God's creation, especially when he said be a steward of it. Um, and, um, but as far as space travel goes, if we use our resources here, are we free to move to another planet? Um, assuming that we've already done more damage than we can possibly reverse or something, then, you know, it's at that point it's survival. And if, we're able to find something that can uh, sustain us beyond earth, then uh, that God has made that available to us. That would be my take on it. So I, I think this is the appropriate place to insert the uh, Joe Maki joke where he talks about, he was at his doctor's office and the doctor said to him, uh, Joe, if you don't start eating better, I'm going to have to uh, give you some pills to take care of your heart pressure. And then Joe says, well, doctor, you shouldn't have told me about those pills because now I'm not going to eat right. I'm just going to take the pills. So, and I'll just continue eating the junk I already was. If we knew that there was some alternative planet out there, there would basically be no incentive to take care of our current one because we know that there's a backup plan. Yeah, sure. So we do know there are, uh, there are alternatives. We just don't know how to get there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is more relevant today. This is an on, ongoing issue. We are hoping for technological advancement tomorrow um, in, in, the, in the coming years, decades, whatever, that will help us reverse um, uh, climate changes. Um, and it, it's worth noting that Christians have uh, historically in recent history been some of the biggest antagonists towards uh, discussions of climate change. Uh, I don't think that either of y'all really fall into that category, though you may think that those claims are more alarmist than they should be. Um, right. Real quick. Uh, so Daniel is correct. There are certainly those who would deny any sort of conversation needing to have tend to be right-leaning and perhaps Christian as well. Um, however, I, I would say that there is a section within conservative libertarian Christian thought not that all of those are aligned, but uh, that would say, yes, it's an issue, but the solution is not necessarily a government one. It's more of a, you know, innovation. How, sure. how can we uh, create the right kinds of energy? But that's a topic for another discussion. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I want to say that I think Christians uh, are doing a better job of uh, incorporating this into their theology to recognizing, as Stephen has already mentioned a couple times, that uh, one of the uh, creation mandates that God gives to humans is to care for the earth, the, what he has created and given to us. Um, and so I think um, that is something that we're, we're doing a good job with. And hopefully the planet issue won't become another issue. Though I, I would agree with you, Stephen, that, um, that it is a, I don't think there's anything morally wrong with moving to another planet, but we, oh my goodness, that was falling down behind me. Um, but we should uh, take more care and realize that this is our first priority, is taking care of the world as it is now. Yeah. Right, well, um, it, as long as we 
understand the impact of what we do. I don't think it necessarily mean, think it means that everybody needs to use composting toilets and live in tiny homes and go off the grid, but uh, there are improvements that people can make to uh, you know, do their part. What other uh, topics do we have or do we want to start going around horn? Oh, let's go ahead and do uh, closing thoughts. Um, Daniel, uh, you've thought a lot about these topics uh, in some way or another. Um, what's the basic takeaways that someone should should think about that kind of goes through all of these ideas? Um, when I'm considering topics of the future and what the future will bring, uh, it comes down a lot in my head to am I optimistic or am I pessimistic? Uh, and for me, artificial intelligence brings out the pessimistic side of me, but I try by and large to be more optimistic about what the future brings, um, both uh, from a technological standpoint, but also from a Christian standpoint, uh, hoping and believing that the, the Christian kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God is being brought here to earth and that we can all be a part of that um, inauguration of the kingdom. Stephen, what do you think? Uh, well, a lot of the, everything that we've talked about really has nothing to do with the Christian's purpose of why we're here, here on earth, but it is things that we are striving to do to make life more convenient while we're here. Um, and so making sure that we don't forget about what our true purpose and intent for being on earth is. Uh, but as far as the artificial intelligence, uh, I think that we need to make sure that uh, we allow God to be the creator. And because everything we've talked about has been theoretical so far. And so uh, once those come, uh, I hope I hope that our decisions uh, are informed enough you know, that we make the right ones if these problems do come to us in the future. Sure. Stephen, uh, as part of my closing comment, what is the purpose of being a Christian or you know, what, what, what do you think is the central core idea? Uh, to be a part of the church, to love uh, God and to love our neighbor and to make sure that we are uh, building a community uh, with each other. Okay. So we, we should continue this conversation amongst ourselves sometime, but, um, I, you know, it has been famously said that the chief purpose of man is to, uh, is to glorify God. Um, and so I, I think that anytime that we're talking about the creative activities of humans, we are talking about, um, our, you know, being human is to expand the mind and to continue to learn things. And part of that is, you know, uh, is thinking about where we can go. And many of the things that we do today were science fiction 200 years ago. Anyway, I don't, I don't know how useful that is, but I, I see some tension there. You can do those things, just don't lose your focus. I would say, anyway, I think that that's part of the focus is to and be. Right. Okay. Um, so th I guess the one thing I, I would say to our listeners is that everything that we've said, even the things that seem to be thousands of years away, part of the ethics behind them have something to do with what we're doing today. You know, talking about space travel in the future has to do with ecology today. Transhumanism has to do with the way we treat our bodies. Self-driving cars, those are real. So um, try to think about how these things apply to us today. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for listening. And we want to thank again the Christian Chronicle for giving us a shout out, featuring us uh, amongst their lists of podcasts. 
If you like what you've heard, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, or tell your friends about it. And we'll look forward to talking to you next week.